Prepare Like a Pro podcast. This week on the show, we have Anthony Scott, the midfielder small forward for the Western Bulldogs. Anthony became an AFL Bulldog in March 2021 via the preseason supplemental selection period. The 25-year-old utility was a member of Footscray's VFL program in 2019 winning the club's best and fairest in his debut season while showcasing his ability to play across all three lines. Anthony was elevated to vice-captain ahead of the VFL 2020 season. However, unfortunately, it was abandoned due to COVID-19. He's a versatile, ready-made player and has transitioned to the AFL level very well. Before we start episode 43, the Prepare Like a Pro podcast mission is to empower aspiring athletes and staff with practical knowledge from some of the industry's most inspiring individuals and to strengthen the AFL community. If you like the show, please show your support by following us on Instagram and by subscribing to the podcast. We are on YouTube, iTunes and Spotify. I can see Anthony is on. Thanks for jumping on, mate. I'm just going to send over the invite. Here he is. How you going, mate? Thanks, Jack. How are you? Yeah, going well. Thanks for jumping on. No worries at all. We'll dive straight in. Take us back to the beginning, mate. What age did you start playing footy and where were you playing your, your junior footy? Yes, yeah, so I started playing through Auskick, so basically as young as you could. Yep. I think maybe we were five, six back then when we started even. And then just did that for a few years and was doing that down at Victoria Park in Kew. And that happened to be the same place that the Kew Comets had as their home ground. So naturally just went from Auskick at Victoria Park to playing for the Q Commons Junior Football Club. I had an older brother who was playing there as well. So just followed in his footsteps and was there for a few years. Actually had quite a successful junior team. I think we've got almost 10 guys that I've played with at Q Commons that have either been at or are still at an AFL club. So we were pretty successful, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. 10 out of the yeah, team, that's, that's amazing. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, very often. And do you guys catch up regularly? How well connected are you guys? I know it's hard as you get into adult life to, to stay connected outside of your bubbles, but how often would you guys see each other? Do the premiership team catch up very often? No, we haven't caught up, but that that's actually not a bad idea. Might have to tease something out. There are a few that I continued to see a fair bit and play sport with as we progress and some that I went to school with as well, like Luke McDonald, he was a Trinity boy yep. a year above me, but we played school footy together. Still see a bit of like Jack Billings. Talk to Jack Sinclair a bit, those those guys. And then, like, Jake Kelly, he's over in Adelaide. So, a bit hard to see him. And then there's a few, like, Hugh Beasley, who was at Brisbane for a bit and has since come out of the system. But he's one of my best mates from school. So, I see plenty of him too. Fantastic. And so, yeah, you played at a young age. At what age did you recognise you had a talent for the game and that you were going to be a professional, take it to the next level? Yeah, so even early on, running around with those boys, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we always did quite well uh, throughout junior footy and I think the aspiration was there for all of us to go to that the level of AFL football. And then naturally through the pathway, you play primary school boys football, which I missed out on, but a few of the boys that I was going through with did that. And then I had a little bit of a setback in year nine. So when I was 15, I had a, a few hip injuries. So I missed the yep. where the, the TAC Cup pathways really start. And then... Yeah, okay. Was that, I think that's was that true. I said some hip flexor stuff. 
I think yeah. it was more through just puberty, growing, etc. And that was pretty frustrating for me personally as a footballer. But I don't, I don't think I realised as much at the time. But it, it, that's probably a pivotal, pivotal time in the pathway stuff to really get your name out there. As a 15-year-old, you go into Oakley at 16, it would have been for me. And then you do well 16, 17, and then have a good 18s year. And it all kind of stems back to how well you go earlier on. Obviously, yeah. there are guys who have breakout years at under-18s, but if you can set a solid base early on, it goes a long way. You get that momentum, um, so, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so that year as a 15-year-old was a bit of a setback for me. And then played just played school footy in year 10 uh, and didn't really know where I was at because I had a year off, essentially, trying to get my body right and ended okay, up so you didn't, pretty well. didn't play much footy at all at, at 15 years old? No, I reckon I played <laughs> maybe four games and oh, that, that was trying, t- trying to come back from injury and then you do the other hip and rehab that, come back, do the other hip. So by the time you write to go, the season's over. Yeah. Is there anything that you learned that you reflect that on that period now that you've changed in terms of listening to your body or load management or was it just simply bad luck? I think it's bad luck because there's so much going on when you're going through puberty and you're at that age. It's, I mean, I I had no idea what was going on. I hadn't spent much time with physios, sports scientists, etc. So you kind of learn as you go. Maybe tried to come back too quickly and end up re-injuring it, but try telling a 15-year-old that yeah. he can't play footy with his mates. It's pretty tough. Yeah, absolutely. So you had that year, which was a bit of a setback, but then come 16, played school footy, had a decent year, and then was playing first in the first 18 football team in year 11, and momentum started to build and realised, yep, yeah, passion's still there, still got a bit of ability, played first again in year 12 and played for Oakley as well and as yep. an 18 year old so like I mentioned earlier didn't have that from 15 16 17 to build a foundation a bit of a reputation just came, walked into the program pre-season as an 18 year old the charges and end up playing the first two months there and then school footy takes precedent did that and as an 18 year old won the school BNF so I was happy with that year yeah in terms of my school footy didn't get as much of a look in as I probably would have liked the back end of the TAC Cup year. We weren't a super successful team on the field. However, we had a lot of guys get picked up from that side. There might have been six or seven guys who got drafted from my Oakley side. So that was successful in that sense. It would have been nice if we made finals. We didn't even make the finals, but we had yeah, so many guys picked up, yeah, which is pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, great story to share, actually, because I know since I started Prepare Like a Pro, I do get a lot of questions from young kids that, ask what can they do if they're not a part of a NAB League program and, and literally that question actually, do you have to be part of a NAB League program to get drafted? And so going through that time, like you mentioned, you, you first started as an 18-year-old. So, you you know, I imagine there would be, you know, a clicky bunch from those that knew each other from 15 in that program all the way through to 18. How did you tackle that process from the connection and the, the sort of social element of the game back as yeah, 18-year-old starting in pre-season? Yeah, I think it's just putting as much of yourself out there as you're comfortable to do will vary depending on the type of personality you are. But like first and foremost, you want to let your footy do the talking and yeah. you know, get that out of the way. And then naturally, as everyone's doing the same thing, everyone wants to go out there and kick the footy. You'll gravitate towards people. People will gravitate towards you. But also just being yourself and trying to create connections as quickly as you can. Like under 18 is good because you've got guys who are going through year 12 as well, schools that are near you, even some guys that went that go to the same school as you. So it's just about getting on the front foot early and putting yourself out there, like I mentioned, in a footy sense, but also just 
through your personality too. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome, man. That's that's really sound advice. Thanks for sharing that. And, and, and along those years, those junior years, who were some strong influences on your game? Yeah, so I grew up with the likes of, who I mentioned earlier, Luke McDonald, Jack Billings, who were pretty highly touted guys from a young age. Yep. So it was pretty cool to go through the journey with them. And like Luke, for example, because his, his father played football for North Melbourne, and he played for Hawthorne as well. He always had the potential to be picked up as a father-son, which eventually he was. So everyone in the circles thought, even from 12, 13 years old, that he was going to get drafted. So it was good to watch the way he went about it from a young age. And then Jack Billings as well was probably going to get picked up even from sort of that 12 to 15 age range. Uh, And then even at school, you had blokes like Adam Tomlinson, Dom Tyson walking around who were also pretty highly touted footballers from a young age and just to see the way they go about them. I mean, Don would always walk around between classes with a water bottle in his hand yeah, to stay hydrated. And then I was very good mates with his younger brother, Hugh. And so I, saw, I was involved in that family a lot and saw the way that Don went about it. So it was really good. Even when he it first got picked up by the Giants, just doing some of their summer running programs, over the Christmas break and doing that with them because that gives you exposure to what the AFL program's like essentially. And when we were 16-year-old, 17-year-old, so he just entered the system and being able to do an AFL program, even though it was just a small taste, was a pretty good experience. Yeah. And how much was it of that was a step up to your normal off-season work? Uh, massive. It was it, Ignorance was bliss for us in that sense that <laughs> yeah. Hugh, Hugh, Dom's younger brother, and I were just – get to, we'd be down in the morning to Peninsula, we'd rock up at Rye Oval at 6.30 in the morning and not know what we were going to getting ourselves into, but you just kind of see Dom do it and <clears throat> run off the back of him, running his slipstream a little bit at times. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And, and you'd, I imagine you'd share, he'd share a lot of his experiences since being in the program with you guys and it's, it, it's how important is, is being your closest five mates or your, your social environment that you're with as a footballer, developing footballer, do you think? Yeah, really important to surround yourself with people who have similar aspirations to you. And even if, if it's just your schoolmates who maybe don't have the dreams of playing AFL football, but will support you and have similar interests to you, like even in the last 12 months through the COVID period where we couldn't play any footy, just being able to go down to the park and kick the footy with mates is super important. And guys that will give you the chance to do things that you want to do and not hold you back is very important. Awesome, mate. And on that note, well, if you were speaking to your 17-year-old self, would you change anything that you how you went about it? With the, if let's say it was your younger brother, so with the knowledge and experience that you had now have, would you do anything different? Or you, you, you felt with these programs and these people around you, you're, it sounds like you're doing a lot right yeah, I'd probably say to put everything out there, leave nothing off the table. Yeah. Because I think I'll, one thing for me is that, like, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist on the footy field. I don't really like to make mistakes, but sometimes you want to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation uh, to actually grow. Mm-hmm. So I think as successful as I was as a 17, 18-year-old, I didn't end up getting drafted. So it was either my ability that didn't get me there or something else. And I feel for me that I had the ability. It was probably just going out there and having a full on crack. And when, whether it's walking off the field after a game or if it's at the end of the season or taking stock halfway through the year, being able to say to yourself, well, I know that everything that, <clears throat> that I've put out is, is all of me and I have no regrets and 
yeah, nothing's been left off the table. Awesome, mate. That's that's a great insight into your mindset. Is that something that the last couple of years, more talking about recent now, so that's the 18-year-old sort of period, early days, but the last couple of years you've had a lot of success. Unfortunately, obviously with COVID 2020, it put your momentum down a little bit. It sounded like you had a really good year going into that pre-season, but then it didn't hold you back. You've, you've got yourself on a list now and, and you're playing in a really strong side with the Western Bulldogs. So is this, this mindset something that's grew naturally as you got older and, and got to know yourself a bit more? Or has there been someone that gave you that honest feedback that feels like the, yeah, that perfectionism is holding you back? How have you sort of take grown to having this mindset? Yeah, it definitely grew the mindset for sure because I've had the experience of VFL clubs before and it, I think 2019, it really clicked for me and I realise now that experience is invaluable and when you're younger, people say, well, you're inexperienced and maturity means a lot and you say, you kind of brush that off for saying, oh, that's just something that old people say because they wish they could be young again. But yeah, having been in and out of VFL clubs and playing a fair bit of footy, I realised that that what I mentioned earlier where you just go out there and give it your all and make sure that there's no regrets when you come off the field, mm-hmm. that's really important. And it was, I think it was yeah, halfway through 2019 where I was doing okay, had some decent games, and one of the, the assistant coaches of the AFL, the Bulldogs, Jamie Maddox, has been a huge inspiration for me and big helping hand throughout my journey over the last sort of 36 months. He was like, you've got the ability to just go out there and, and have a crack and show them what you're capable of. Yeah, awesome. And that was a big turning point for me in 2019. And I just thought, well, I'm going to get the footy in my hands as much as I can. I don't want to be selfish and do anything to the team's detriment, but grab the footy when I can, kick goals when, I, when they're there, and just be involved as much as I can because I know off the back of my ability that the result is going to most likely be a good one for me and yeah. the team. Yeah, fantastic. That's that's awesome insight, mate. Thank you so much for for sharing that. And yeah, confidence is is so important, but also putting in the work as well, and, and and having that confidence in your own ability is just as important. So that that's great for young development footballers to hear that. That's really awesome, mate. We've had a couple of questions actually. I might throw it over to some of the followers. This is sort of on topic as well. So James, how did you deal with the adversity of being overlooked? So that eighteenth year, where you had some seven eight mates, yeah, drafted. How how did you cope with that? I didn't really expect to get picked up at the end of that year just through my form for that season. Like I played good school footy. Like I won won the best and fairest at school and that's like a nice feather in the cap. But a lot of it does come down to your tack cup form and didn't have high expectations at the end of the year. And then for me it became, well, what do I want to get out of footy? And first and foremost was just enjoyment. So first year out of school I just went and played for the old boys, had a lot of mates down there and just had a heap of fun. And then off the back of having fun and enjoying playing footy with my mates, it was still at a relatively high standard, which I think you can't shy away from the fact that you, if you want to get a look in, you want, want to be playing at the highest standard that you can. It, for me, it was Baffer at that point. I'd heard that it was probably better to go into a VFL club with a bit of a reputation instead of trying to fight amongst others coming fresh out of under-18s. So yeah, so you, so it wasn't just going to play with mates. So you played, was it for A grade or B? Yeah, yeah, A grade. A grade um, to have fun with your mates, but also you wanted to go into VFL with, yeah, almost, I guess, being invited rather than going straight from NAB League. Yeah, my best piece of advice for, especially if you're going to an AFL-aligned VFL club, yep. can go straight from 18s to a VFL club that's keen on you, then that's great. But if you can build a bit of a reputation 
and actually have them come after you, it's going to give you one, a lot more confidence when you get there, but two, a better standing amongst the coaching group or whoever it is that's, that's got you down there. So I yeah, got contacted by Richmond off the back of a representative game that I played as, as a 19 year old for old Trinity and mm-hmm. so represented the big V and then Richmond contacted me. So that was good because I knew that they were after me and then, yeah, just realized that perhaps there was still an inkling of an AFL dream there and perhaps Richmond could be the, the platform to, to go to that level. So I went down there and once I got into the VFL system, I realized that it's really important to be playing football at the highest level you can. Yeah. So for us in Victoria, that's VFL or now even up through New South Wales and Queensland, it's in the VFL competition and just showing your wares as best you can at the highest level you can play at. Like a lot of guys will go and play amateurs or the Northern Footy League or whatever it may be and be playing well and then thinking, well, why, why aren't I getting a look in? I'm playing good footy at the level I'm playing at, but there's still a lot to be said about playing footy, good footy at the highest standard you can. And VFL was that for me. So I just Absolutely. kept applying my trade there and a bit tough at Richmond because they had a very fit AFL list, fell out of favour a little bit amongst the coaches. It was a bit hard to get a game. So then almost went full circle and in 2018 did what I'd done first year out of school and just played in the VAFA again. Really enjoyed my footy, played with my mates again. And then as much as I'd built a bit of a reputation as a 19-year-old, I built even more of one through my form playing in the VAFA again in 2018. And then, like I mentioned earlier, was able to leverage the form to go to a football club in the VFL that was really keen on me and that the best suit for me. They had a few clubs to contact me after 2018, but the best suit for me was Footscray. So there's a combination of a few things. Number one was that if I was going to go back to VFL, it was with the potential for AFL look-ins. And I made sure that I spoke to Sam Power, who's the list manager and still is at the Bulldogs, and said, well, was there any interest from that level? And he said, yes. Yep. So that was a big tick to go to Footscray. And then the coaches and the facilities also plays a bit of a, a factor. But the yeah, main one for me is was the fact that there was AFL list management interest and that would be another piece of advice for me from me is to have as many conversations as you can, even if they're you might be a nineteen year old and think that a list manager of a football an AFL club is out of your league and he doesn't have time he or she doesn't have time for you. But I mean they're happy they've got hours in the day free where they are happy to pick up the phone and have a conversation with someone even if they don't know them and I'm sure that they've watched a little bit of your footy if you've played under 18s. And even if it's just a little bit of feedback on things that you can work on, that's great. But for me, it was, well, is there any interest at AFL level at the Bulldogs? And that was a yes. So went to Footscray. Awesome. So that's, hey, that's, yeah. that's basically how I just stuck at it. Yeah. I love that. Like really clear in, in, where in the big picture, but also having the ability to be able to navigate through the your different phases of where you were playing. There was one question that actually was sent through the story, which was pretty much on that topic. So how did you find the step from AFL footy to VFL? And then the second question is, how did the VAFO assist you in getting to higher levels? Maybe we'll start with the step up. Yeah. So I think for me, the, the way I play footy, I've always been a pretty quick decision maker. First few steps, quick to get out into space, just to buy yourself a little bit of time. So I found that as I progressed through through the levels from VAFA to VFL and then now AFL, that has held me in, in good stead. That being said, round one at the G against Collingwood with fifty thousand fans there. It was all it all went pretty quickly. Bit of a blur even looking back on it. But it's yeah, for me the way that I've played football, I've always found that I've been able to adapt to increases in pace and 
skill level around you. And yeah, it's just about that quick definitive decision-making and make sure that you work on your skills under fatigue because that will allow you to make when you make those quick decisions to also execute them, which is equally as important. And then the second question on VAFA, well, I think the, the VAFA is an awesome competition and it will be a really good stepping stone if you want to go to VFL footy. It's very hard to get picked up by an AFL club from the VAFA. There are a few that have done it, but it's tough. Uh, I think Mitch Hannon, who I'm actually playing with now, he had a good combination of VAFA and VFL to get picked up. I think there's bloke playing for Geelong at the moment who came from the VAFA, but yeah, there's very few uh, that I can think of. It's yeah, more so that stepping stone to get to a VFL club and then you want to do well and perform at VFL level and then the, it becomes a lot easier for you to get picked up. It's still not easy, but it's much mm. easier to go from VFL to AFL than VAFA. But I would, like I mentioned earlier, with the gaining a reputation stuff, it's really, really good place to play rep footy. If you play a rep game for the big V, you'll have recruiters from all across Australia, from Sandville clubs to AFL clubs, looking at those games. So if you play well in those, then it'll take you a long way. Fantastic. Oh, that's awesome, mate. Thank you for that advice. That's last one from the followers. This one's from a strength conditioning coach, James. What are some things you've noticed about the coaches through your career that you've respected? For example, traits, behaviours, actions. Feel free to name drop. But yeah, that, that's there. Yeah. Is it strength and conditioning or just coaches in general? I think I think he's, it's staff in general. Yeah, so Gia was awesome in 2019 for me. There's one, I remember there's one thing he said when we were doing game review that really stuck with me and we'd watch a few edits of the game and he'd always say that we're not, we're not pulling out one-offs here. These are sort of patterns of behaviour through the team or individual that we're looking at. So that that was really good because it wasn't necessarily about the, the finer details. It was, well, for example, are we winning the ball back and then going back to where the traffic is? Did we do that on a few occasions? Well, maybe we should be bringing the ball out the open side, for example. Yep. So things like that. That was really good uh, to realise that coaches look more so for patterns in game gameplay and they're not going to pull, pull you apart for missing a kick here or there or a handball. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't get too pent up on that stuff. All the Bulldogs coaches are great. The assistants that I've got to know over the last few months at the Bulldogs are fantastic. I uh, spent a bit of time with Rowan Smith early on in the back line. And I think there's this huge move to creating positive energy. I think a lot of old-fashioned coaches would have been a bit more harsh when it comes to feedback. But for young footballers growing up now, it's all about that positive reinforcement yep. and l- allowing everyone to play their strengths. And that's a big thing that Bevo... Uh, likes to talk about a lot is just bringing your strengths out of your game, giving you license to do what you do. And, and that's a great thing about the football program at the Bulldogs is it gives everyone the opportunity to flourish and be the player they want to be. You stick to a, a game plan, but at the end of the day, when the ball's in your hands, you can be creative and just about do whatever you want, which is a really exciting environment to be in. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the strength coaches I've had been fantastic, but, Alfie or LA, who's who was part of the Footscray program 2019 and now is doing some AFL stuff. Uh, he's awesome with his one-on-one, making sure that technique's good and, and that's really important as well. When you're in the gym, I'm sure you can back this up and a lot of it, a lot of your technique is more important than high reps because uh, if you're doing it with bad form, it can be a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Technique's very important for all ages, but particularly when you, you, your body's still growing. Yeah, focusing on how well you're moving will, will put you in good stead and, and you should get 
continual growth that way and, and let the weights come as well as injury prevention. So they go hand in hand with that's the beauty of technique. It, your body's going to pull up better from it and your, your performance is, is going to uh, be better as well. Oh, that's awesome, mate. It sounds like you've, yeah, you've been driven and, and focused on your path and you've been involved in different programs, which is an amazing thing out of all that with, with school footy to Oakley to Richmond, Old Trinity, Western Bulldogs, and then now you're, you're in the AFL. So I know there'll be a lot of guys that are, this will resonate with, whether you're playing Baffa, footy, NAB League, school footy. You've, you've done it all at all different age groups, which is, which is really good. So... Thanks so much for, for jumping on, mate. We'll, we'll wrap it up with, with this year. It's It's got to be a fun year to be a part of with, with what you guys are doing at the Doggies and, and your role. Do you want to take us through how your pre-season went with, the, with your first AFL pre-season and yeah, a little bit of what your role is in the team and what you're looking forward to as well for this year? Yeah, so, yeah, first AFL pre-season. A bit of a different one in terms of pre-seasons because I came down with no guarantees of a list spot or anything. Didn't even have any guarantees of being there for longer than a couple of weeks. Like I was working full-time, so they were wary that each hour I spent at the Bulldogs was an hour away from my full-time job at Telstra. So they were like, well, we're not going to string you along if we don't think there's something there. Uh, and then for me, it was, well, you want to impress as much as you can. And it's a pretty tough environment when you feel like all the eyes are constantly on you and you don't want to put a foot wrong because that could put a line through your name. Yeah. Uh, so it so it's hard to make sure that you stay relaxed but also perform at the same time. Like every day's um, game day, I imagine. Those two yeah. weeks. Yeah, so I just I came back to what I knew and just making sure that doing little things well, preparing as best I can, eating well for a start, getting good night's rest, set you up for the day and then when you're on the track, try to treat it like any other preseason, run hard when you need to with the running stuff and that can be off the back of doing stuff prior to actually getting there. So I was working quite hard in the months leading up to start of the AFL preseason to make sure that I knew that I had confidence in my body to be able to deal with the running loads. And then the rest is just your yeah, natural ability. So kicking handball, all that stuff. And I did, had a year off last year, obviously with the COVID stuff. So I was pleasantly surprised with how well I was backing up for sessions and skill level and everything. And then just kept ticking boxes as we went along. So got through the first month. And we started doing some match sim, did pretty well in the match sim. And then we started moving to like a ones v twos setup. Mm-hmm. Found myself in the ones. Yeah. Uh, so that weren't on the list yet. Still wasn't on the list. Yeah. Yep. And then that went well and got to the Hawthorne, the first like real hit out. Still technically wasn't on the list. And there's a bit of stuff with Essendon, which we won't delve into. But I think started going well on, on that front. But always had in the back of my mind, I still like you want to play good footy. Yeah. Uh, and then once that Hawthorne game finished up, that was kind of that kind of marked the end of our preseason in terms of like hardcore preseason. It was mm-hmm. more looking towards games after that. Uh, so once you get into the rhythm of games, found that you can ease into it a little bit more and pressures off a little bit more probably internally. Like yep. you still keep up your training standards and everything, but I felt for me it was nice to have actually put pen to paper and now be an AFL listed player. Uh, so it was good to celebrate that and celebrate the little wins as they come along. But I still knew that I hadn't played my first game of AFL footy yet, so work to be done to get there. And yeah, I was, I'd been training in the back line through most of the match gym stuff and hadn't played a heap of back line throughout my career, but felt that the type of footballer I was, that I could certainly play that position and do well. And one of the big things for, for me, and Bevo spoke to me about it a little bit as well, as my versatility. Mm-hmm. So just with the fast 
fast-paced nature of the game and injuries and things moving around pretty quickly. Like I can play through the midfield, forward line, back line and have done like – for example, in 2019, I was playing mid-forward, like won the goal-kicking for Footscray and then found myself playing around one AFL half-back for the Bulldogs. So pretty cool that I can, I've can. i got the ability to do to play across all three lines, which is one of the reasons I think there's appeal around me. And I'd say for guys who are coming up through the system and even missed out at 18s or whatever it may be, being open to not necessarily reinventing yourself as a footballer, but trying out new things and having an open mind that if you if a coach moves you to a different position on the ground don't see it as you weren't doing a good enough job where you were more so see it as opportunity to be helping out the team because you might be filling a hole for an injured player or you might be restructuring depending on the opposition you're playing against so yeah big thing for me thus far at the Bulldogs is yeah my versatility and being able to play across all three lines which is pretty exciting because you kick goals and stop goals and set them up so yeah Awesome. Yeah, fantastic. And, and it's another showcase of, of a strength of yours being the mindset. The fact you had that, if you've got a closed mindset and you're disappointed when a coach puts you in a certain position, you're probably not going to perform as well. Whereas if you see it as an opportunity to get better, you're going to be excited and you're going to, you're going to attack it because you, you never know when you're going to be asked upon playing that position in the future. So that's exactly. a, that's a, another gem, mate. You've, you've provided a great little workshop here for, for those that want to get drafted, <laughs> which has been fantastic. Uh, Big help, mate. It's, yeah, it's been really good. I, I really appreciate your time and, and energy that you've provided everyone tonight. And, yeah, I want to thank you so much for jumping on. And, yeah, it's been really good, mate. I've got, I've got a lot out of it, and I'm, I'm sure many, many more will too. No worries, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Best for this weekend as well, mate. We'll be looking forward to uh, hopefully another win. Cheers. Thanks, Jack. All the best. Awesome, I think. Catch you, mate. Thank you for listening. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode to follow us on Instagram. We've recorded this on IGTV, so you can watch the full recording if you missed the start of this episode with Anthony Scott. And as well as anyone that wants to subscribe to our um, community, you'll get a free four-week strength and conditioning program. So head over to our link in our bio for that four-week program. If you want to work with one of our coaches one-on-one, you can also click that link or direct messages. And thank you. Make sure to subscribe to the, the podcast. We're on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify. Thanks, guys. Till next time.